Do take a seat. Goodness me, Christine, you floored us this morning. Absolutely fantastic to be floored uh, by this story, but most of all to be floored by the goodness and the grace and the power of our living Lord Jesus. If you are here this morning and you do not yet know Jesus, he is longing to know you. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. He is here this morning with his arms open wide saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, because I will give you rest. And that's what we heard about in this uh, testimony from Christine. Rest in the middle of, oh my goodness, not rest, peace, which passes all understanding. And that is what our God is about. He is alive, he is powerful, and he is at work in our lives. Now, as you and I know, that does not mean that life is rosy. And again, Christine's story tells us it does not mean things will be straightforward or easy or calm or lovely or any of those things. But the difference, even in the midst of the storm that it makes, the knowing that the Lord is on our side. So my question for you this morning, whether you've been walking for the Lord for a long time, whether you're new to this, or whether you're not yet there and you're on this journey and you're just inquiring, is what do you think the Lord is saying to you at this time in your life? For some of you, you'll be straight onto it. Yeah, he's talking to me about this. He's working on this with me. He's leading and guiding me. He's teaching me to trust. Some of you, you'll be there straight away. You'll recall. Others, you'll be like, what is she talking about? I haven't got a clue. Is the Lord trying to do something in my life? And what I think, as I'm just going totally off piece, what I think the Lord wants to say to us this morning is that God is at work under the scenes. God is at work behind the scenes when you and I cannot always see what is going on, that he wants to give us his guarantee this morning, that if we put our faith and trust in Jesus, if we love the Lord, then he is at work behind the scenes, even when we can't see it. He is doing something, maybe for years to come, maybe for tomorrow. He's doing things in our life to build us and to restore us. He's doing things in our lives because he's got plans and purposes that only you or only I can fulfill. He has got something for you this morning. So what is the Lord doing and saying in your life? We've just started to look at this story of Nehemiah, and it's an incredible story. And this morning, we're going to look at the bit of this when Nehemiah has a big ask. Do you have a big ask for God this morning? Maybe in what he's already doing in your life that you've just thought about. Oh yeah, he's doing that. He's preparing me for that. My big ask this morning is God, blah, 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 blah. Or is God going to give you that big ask today, lay something on your heart? You see, when it comes to stepping out in big ways, usually our reaction is fear or hesitation. I love it that Laura just chose that song, I'm no longer a slave to fear, because it's just perfect, absolutely perfect. So often we think, wow, God is on the move. He is doing something. He is calling me to something new. There's something big ahead. And our reaction is, huh? 
or we hesitate with what God is asking us to do. Have you ever done that? Have you ever thought, oh my goodness, this is just too big for me to cope with? I'm sure you have. We heard from Ron last week about how Nehemiah, he's seen the need. He's not only seen the need that the walls of Jerusalem need rebuilding, but he's felt the need. He's seen the need and he's felt it dearly in his heart. It is on his heart and he shares the need with God. For you this morning, what is the need that you're feeling? What is your big ask? Have you felt that need? Is it dear to your heart? And are you ready to go to God? You see, Nehemiah, in this part of the passage we're going to look at this morning, he doesn't know what to do. Can he, Nehemiah, just some bloke, can he meet the need? Oh my goodness. As we come to today's text, we're going to find out that there is a role for Nehemiah to fulfil. Stephen is kindly going to come. I don't know where the... Here it is. It's just here. It's going to read for us from Nehemiah 2. Thanks, Stephen. Yes, please. Good morning. Uh, The reading is from Nehemiah chapter 2, which if you have one of these shiny church Bibles, is on page 484. And if you have your own Bible, it's on page... That's a joke. How would I know? So it's just after Chronicles, then Ezra, then Nehemiah chapter 2, starting at verse 1. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me. So I set a time. I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have, a let- may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my requests. So I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me. When Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. Round of applause for all those names read so well. Well done. Very impressive indeed. I love it. The first verse has Nissan in. We recently bought a Nissan. That just made me smile. You know, you've got to smile at these things, haven't you? What an account of risk, of prayer, of God's provision, at God, of God working in extraordinary ways. And this morning we're going to briefly look, and the Lord, I hope, is going to speak to you about five ways that Nehemiah is readied for the task that the Lord has laid on his heart. And as we look at these five ways, you might like to think about these five ways in ways that he might be readying you for the task he is laying on your heart and us as a people here at St. Saviour's. How is he readying us together to 
go forward in the big things he is calling us to do here at St Saviour's. Often we realise, or when we realise, a problem is bigger than us, we pray. Sometimes, unfortunately, it takes that to get us to pray. But when we realise a problem is bigger than us, we need God's help. And Nehemiah certainly gives us this example. First of all, we are to pray, the preparation of prayer. And we are to pray passionately and consistently. We uh, know from the chapter, last week's chapter, that Ron talked to us about and to getting to here, four months have passed. And over those four months, Nehemiah has been consistently and passionately praying about the problem of the broken walls of Jerusalem. It is obvious to Nehemiah that he must go before the king. But instead of just going before the king straight away when he realises this, he waits patiently and he prays before the Lord. He is in God's waiting room. Have you spent some time this week in God's waiting room? Because prayer, when we spend that time, keeps the burden fresh and our heart expectant. I don't know about you, but life goes by. There's all sorts of things that happen around me that I don't see. But when I am bringing something to the Lord in prayer, there's something I am more alert to the promptings of the Spirit. I'm more alert when I hear one of you say something. I think, oh, that links into that. Maybe that I can help. Oh, you see things that you don't otherwise see when you're not prayerful. When we pray, God can enable us to just be aware and alert to the promptings of the Spirit. And it keeps this vision alive that God has laid on our hearts, reaffirming what God is calling us to. As we are persistent in prayer, God just continues to lay upon our heart what it is he wants us to do. So Nehemiah, he waits these four months. And the other thing that it does for Nehemiah, and it certainly does for me, spending time in God's waiting room, is it stops me from rushing ahead in my own strength. Now, I'm sure none of you would do that, but I sometimes am a bit impatient, as some of you know. And sometimes I want to just rush ahead. I want to get to where we're going. I'm eager. And yet, I need to spend time in God's waiting room. Because when I do, it's rare that I do it in my own strength because I've just realised how much I need God in these moments. And Nehemiah, he prays, he waits, and he expects God to do something. Whatever you are praying for and waiting for in your lives at the moment, are you expectant that God will do something? It's a good question. So first of all, he is prepared for prayer. Secondly, the way Nehemiah is readied is position. In many ways, we fail to see the wonderful truth that God engineers our circumstances. God is working behind the scenes. We again heard in Christine's story there that God was working behind the scenes like months before. And in fact, Years and years before, in her parenting, in all sorts of things, God was working behind the scenes. And God here is working behind the scenes in Nehemiah. He can manoeuvre us to be just in the right place at the right time. And for Nehemiah, God had landed him a job as the cupbearer to the king. Now, if you don't know what one of those is, the cupbearer would taste the food or drink the wine before the king to make sure that it wasn't poison. And that is the job of Nehemiah. 
Now, for King Artaxerxes, I've been practising that since Wednesday, guys. King Artaxerxes, this was personal. You see, his father had been poisoned and and killed by a humble, true, trusted, or he thought, servant in the past. So this was really personal. Nehemiah had got this job and it was his responsibility to serve with integrity. And over the time of being in this position, he had shown that he was responsible and he developed a worthy reputation before the king. Sometimes true in our own lives. God has positioned you in a certain role in your family, in your neighbourhood, in your community, in your workplace. And sometimes you're thinking, seriously, God, why? Why am I here? Why do I have this role? What is going on? And yet God is working behind the scenes. So, Nehemiah realises that God has got a plan. And he looks to the Lord, saying, you have positioned me for this, and yet, what am I to do? You see, the king Artaxerxes, he had already made a law that the walls should not be rebuilt. So it's pretty tough, this situation. He knows that he has got to change the king's heart and mind so that the city wall could be rebuilt. And then an opportunity comes. An opportunity will come this week as we walk with the Lord to respond to him in some way. And when opportunities come, the Lord brings opportunities. We are to take advantage of every opportunity the Lord gives us. For Nehemiah, I reckon that morning he got up, he went to work as usual. I don't think he was particularly thinking, this is the day. But the news about the walls had affected him so much, he was so sad emotionally that he couldn't hide it any longer. His face shows it. And we hear that the king asks him, What's the matter? You're not sick? What's the matter with you? And the door has swung open. So the third way Nehemiah is readied is more prayer. I love this because this is the kind of arrow prayer that I so often give. It's usually a help or I really don't know what to do. Please, can you give me some wisdom? Or whatever it is, those kind of arrow prayers that in the moment when we've been waiting and praying and expecting and an opportunity comes out of the blue, it's time for that arrow prayer. And that is what Nehemiah does, just as Christine did. We are to trust God and shoot one up, shoot one up when we come to prayer. You see, we find more about the character and the example of Nehemiah through his prayer. He is utterly dependent upon God. Christine was utterly dependent upon God. You and I might not know it this morning, but the reality is that we are utterly dependent upon God. Our lives are in his hands. He is utterly dependent. He, he prays this prayer, Lord, help me, right in the middle. But it's not just the only time he's prayed. 
He's been praying and praying. In fact, he's been praying and fasting for four months. And then this arrow prayer comes. It's been said that success comes when a thousand hours of preparation meet one moment of opportunity. What God originates, he orchestrates. For Nehemiah, he knows the time has come. God has orchestrated events in such a way that Nehemiah couldn't miss it. God is orchestrating events in your lives. In my life, he is orchestrating things because he has a plan and a purpose. And when the opportunity comes, we must not miss it. We must act boldly, even if we are scared. You see, Nehemiah could have been in a heap of trouble that day. His gloomy face could be considered more than just bad manners. It was against the law to look sad in the presence of the king. It was a bad reflection on the king's goodwill to his servants. And it could be punishable by death. Serious stuff. But Nehemiah's faith was greater than Nehemiah's fear. He believed in the promises of God. As a church here at St Saviour's, we strongly believe that the Lord has laid it on our heart to do something about our physical church building. We have for years and years prayed and fasted. We have raised some funds. We have started in many ways reordering the church, putting in the new flooring and the underfloor heating. We know that it is a burden that the Lord has laid on our hearts because the Lord has good things in store for St Saviours and for Sunbury and for the wider community. And in order to grow and in order to do the things that God is calling us to do and to serve the community better, we need to improve our buildings. Uh, If you're a visitor here this morning, it's fantastic to have you with us. You might have had the experience of going to the toilets. We do apologise. They are very, very cold. Uh, And there's cracked tiles. uh, There's a leaky asbestos roof. Uh, This part of the church hasn't even ever been finished. There's stuff in our building that needs sorting out. We also need more room. We need to build more space here. And we know that the Lord has laid this on our hearts. We have been praying and fasting and seeking him. And we believe the Lord is saying, now is the time. For such a time as this, I have called you as a community here at St Saviour's to do something about the thing that I have laid on your heart. We must act boldly. But sometimes we don't know what to do. We don't know how to move forward. And I reckon Nehemiah in the moment was like, in the help prayer, what am I going to do? What do I say before the king could get killed? All of that. I believe that the Lord gave Nehemiah just the right words to say. Nehemiah says, I want to honour the burial place of my fathers. And this was an angle that touched not the not the mind of the king, but the heart of the king. The notion that one's forefathers should have an honourable grave made real sense to the king because it was the Persian custom. God had prepared a way for Nehemiah, giving him the wisdom and the information and the instincts to touch the heart of the king. You and I, as we wait in God's waiting room, he will give you the wisdom and the insight and the words in the moment. Trust in 
him. Which leads to the fourth way, Nehemiah is readied, which is in the planning. Now, I quite like this. This is the bit I'm like, yeah, I like a bit of a plan. I've got a plan for everything. If uh, you ask Carlos, when we ever go on holiday or travel, I have a folder. It's all so beautiful. I have a list for everything. I love ticking off everything on my list. I haven't yet written make a list and then crossed it off. But I'm that, I'm that kind of person, you know. So planning, I'm like, right, let's get down to business. I'm, I'm up for this. But Nehemiah, in his time of praying and seeking God, he has also been planning. He's allowing the Lord to, dis, to instruct him in the way to go. Because we are to think through the implications of the burdens God gives us. The burden you are carrying today, the burden we carry as a people here, we are to think through the implications when God has laid something on our hearts. And for Nehemiah, this is huge. Every step has been thought through. Nehemiah is organised and decisive. And so he can talk to the king. This is the process. Are you ready? First, he has to convince the king to allow him to leave and rebuild the wall. Second, he has to convince the king to lend financial support. Third, he must procure letters from the king guaranteeing safe conducts in his travel. Fourth, he must also get the lumber, the timber, the stuff to rebuild the city gates. Fifth, he asked the king for the title of governor of Judah. Oh my goodness, can you imagine going before the king? Please, will you make me governor of Judah? He does that. Sixth, he must organise the building work. Seventh, construction must begin and finish. Oh my word. He has a plan. He has these seven things in place and he knows what he needs to ask the king for. He has thought this through in his time of prayer and preparation. For us as a church, we've been thinking through and praying through the building project. Uh, We've been meeting with architects and meeting as a PCC and meeting all sorts of people to plan and to get ready for all that the Lord is calling us to. And there will be more details on the 5th of February. So um, do come on Sunday morning, the 5th of February and every week before that uh, as we look at those plans together. You and I, we need to think through the implications of the burdens God has put on our hearts. And then we must allow for opposition. You see, this is God's plan. It is God's will. He has laid this vision on Nehemiah's heart, and yet it doesn't just go to plan. For some of you this morning, you are saying, look, I prayed about this. Maybe I even fasted about this. I sought your will. I've stepped out in the thing you're calling to and flipping, Nora, what are you doing? Because it is not going to plan. And this is your idea. It wasn't my idea. What are you doing? And this story of Nehemiah just reminds us again and encourages us that when we feel like that, the Lord is for us and with us. But it doesn't mean that everything goes smoothly. Here we hear the backlash. When the Ammonite officials heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. Opposition was going to come. Complaints were going to come. But Nehemiah wasn't naive to this. He was going into this whole situation knowing 
that because God had given him a vision. It didn't mean it was going to be easy. Nevertheless, he moves forward. And I really believe that for maybe one or two people this morning, that's the nugget for you, that you are facing opposition as you try and step out and do what you believe God has called you to do. And the Lord is saying, move forward. Keep going. Keep holding on. The fifth and the last way for this morning that Nehemiah is readied is providence. I love it that the king basically just says to Nehemiah, granted, granted. Amazing. Nehemiah has discovered at this moment that all that risk, all those years working and serving the king, all that prayer, all that time waiting was worth it for such a time as this. God was working. He left not only with his life before the king, but with uh, safe passage, with the timber, with the resources, with all these things. He left the king's presence. Amazing. The waiting time had not been wasted time. And we can say that as a church community here about our building project. We have waited for a long time. We have prayed for a long time. But I guarantee you that the waiting time has not been wasted time as we sought God's will together. And for you, whatever it is that you carry in your heart, the waiting time is not wasted time. So as we conclude, what is it that the Lord has laid on your heart as an individual? What is it the Lord is laying on our hearts? If you don't know the answer, spend time in the waiting room and ask God, what is it that you want for me for 2017? What is it where you want me to move forward? What is your will? What burden will you lay on my heart? Maybe for a situation, a circumstance, a person, a place, whatever it may be. And be open to hearing from the Lord. Where has God already positioned you? Don't just wait, but wait as you wait patiently, but serve in the place where God already has you as you wait for him to say, next step, move on. Serve faithfully. Pray. Whatever you are facing, talk to the Lord about it. Even as those of us who's followed Jesus for a long time, sometimes we realise that we've talked to our spouse, maybe we've talked to our children, we've talked to our family, we've talked to the vicar, we've talked to our life group leaders, we've talked to our mates, but we haven't really talked to the Lord about what it is on our hearts and minds. Let's talk to the Lord this week and spend time in his waiting room. And let's be courageous as individuals and as a church to step out in all that the Lord has for us. Let's stand and as the band comes up, let's pray together. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it speaks life and truth into our lives. And Lord, we want to pray this morning, just as we did as as, as we prayed earlier, that we would not just be hearers, but we would respond to your word this morning. So Lord, what what is it? In what way do you want us to respond today? Calm Holy Spirit. Would you nudge our hearts? If you're not used to praying, 
don't worry, it's just talking to God. But maybe you can think of a sentence right now, a personal sentence that you're going to pray in your mind to the Lord now. Maybe it's surrendering something, maybe it's asking for help for something, asking for God's timing, asking for courage, asking for his provision. But whatever it is, let's spend a moment and you respond to the Lord in your own prayer now.